Welcome to Body Signals, a Cygnos podcast. I'm your host, Bill Tansler, Chief Data Scientist at Cygnos. This is Season 1, Episode 10, Choosing Your Own Adventure, a conversation with Cygnos CMO, Hannah Russin. On today's episode, Hannah and I will discuss how we've used glucose readings to improve our diets and overall wellness. We'll discuss how foods affect us differently, from Hannah's keto toast, avocados, yogurts, and bananas, to my breakfast obsession, oatmeal. We'll address how exercise and glucose graphs allow us to make informed eating decisions, a concept that Hannah calls choosing your own adventure. And finally, how I get a sense of control over my diet and monitoring my glucose graph, while Hannah, in contrast, feels that her graph provides her with a sense of freedom. Now on to the show. Welcome to Body Signals. We are so thrilled to have Hannah Russin, the Chief Marketing Officer of Cygnos, as our return guest. This is our first return guest on Body Signals. And Hannah was with us before to talk about resistant starch. And now we're going to talk about what we've learned using Cygnos. So Hannah, welcome. Ah, Bill, thank you. Uh, Thanks for having me back. Hannah, one of the reasons that I was so excited, and there's actually many reasons, but one of the reasons I was so excited to have you on our show today is that I've noticed that we both approach Cygnos and the way that we look at things like glucose and glucose levels from a different perspective, but end up at the same place. And that is really interesting to me because it's going to lead to one of our first points that everyone is different. And not only is that okay with us, it's actually expected. This is a program that's tailored to you as an individual. Yep. Yep. I mean, we talk about how you and I can eat totally different food and have, um, or totally, totally, sorry, we can eat the same food and have totally different responses to that food, but how getting the feedback about what we're eating and how we act on it, you know, you are uh, an ultimate experimenter by heart and I am a um, uh, uh, curious person by nature. And so how we act on the feedback that we get from Cygnos leads us to, um, you know, similar routes and similar success, but it's just a, it's a personal journey. And, uh, you know, there's so many, uh, intricacies along the way, um, and cool stuff that we've discovered. So I'm excited to dig into it. What I've learned using Cygnos is that everyone is different. And I think one of the challenges I had is I was trying to use a one-size-fits-all approach to losing weight. And because foods affect us differently, those one-size-fits-all diets don't work very well. I've got a great uh, illustration of this. I was just looking through our Instagram um, postings and if you guys haven't subscribed to our Instagram feed, it's Cygnos Health, at Cygnos Health. Go there. There's some great content for you to look at. But there on my feed was you, Hannah, and you're juggling all sorts of breakfast items. <laughs> and you're talking about what works for you and what doesn't work for you. Yeah. So I think you threw some fruit. I did. Uh, but maybe just walk us through. What are the things that work for you and didn't work for you for breakfast? Okay. So breakfast is one of the, I think, most challenging meals. Um, if you're not going to skip it all together with some sort of intermittent fasting madness, um, you 
are often uh, contending with a lot of carbs. And for me, I tried about 10 different oatmeal variations uh, because I'd heard Bill had such success with oatmeal. And all of them, including the 100-calorie pack um, of oatmeal, spiked me over 185, uh, wow. which is a, that's a pretty solid spike, considering that I usually hover around 90 milligrams per deciliter in my glucose level. Um, so that was a, a clear no-go. Uh, bananas um, are something that I like to eat when I'm heading out for workouts. Turns out those also are very full of sugar. Uh, green bananas, as we know, maybe not so much, a little bit of resistant starch there, but uh, ripe bananas, which are the delicious bananas, are no good. And a lot of the um, stone fruits, so uh, peaches, um, nectarines, oranges, clearly, those are not a stone fruit, but just another fruit that spiked me. Um, and then a bunch of yogurts also spiked me, which I wasn't expecting when I moved to even plain yogurt. But it turns out that lactose has a good amount of sugar, no matter what you do. So I was a bit limited, but I found a few things that did work. Clearly eggs, if you have time, those are a great option. Um, keto breads or um, thin sliced bread with avocado added doesn't spike me or avocado and cheese even better doesn't spike me. Um, and then this thing called uh, warrior mix granola, which has absolutely no grain uh, and mostly nuts, uh, is, seems to work. So those are my go-to breakfast options now. That's fascinating. And I'll tell you why. On the oatmeal side, I think one of the things that you held up was steel-cut oatmeal. And I found that all oatmeals are not created the same. Those 100-calorie uh, packets usually are, are very finely milled. Even if they don't have added sugar, the fact that they're ground up so fine means that they enter the bloodstream faster and might spike you. But even steel-cut oatmeal caused you to spike. Yeah. Now, I think if they gave a PhD in oatmeal, I should be lining up for <laughs> a commencement speech because I've studied oatmeal backwards and forwards. I've kind of fine-tuned oatmeal. I'm a little bit more challenged. I could take a few things from what you suggested. Um, I think I've tried some of the paleo granolas. They spike me. I, I haven't tried Warrior specifically, but I'm going to run to my local grocery store and get some and see if it spikes me. But everything else other than the avocado, I probably can't have because I'm plant-based now. So I would just be left with some granola and avocado. Had we just been changing information, I told you, Hannah, if you were trying to lose weight, hey, just have some steel-cut oatmeal. You might have done that and been frustrated because it didn't work. If you said, Bill, just go and, and get some of this, um, this granola, this warrior granola, it may or may not work for me. That's how we tried to lose weight in the past. What I found has been so fascinating using Cygnos is I can look at every single food that I eat and get immediate feedback uh, within, you know, just um, 10, 15, 20 minutes of eating a meal. The I can see the blood glucose start to increase. I know where it's going to peak at. I know how it's going to decrease. And then I can make adjustments. Here's where my PhD in oatmeal comes in. Not only do I understand exactly how to construct my oatmeal, 
And for those of you who don't know, I, I take uh, steel-cut oatmeal, I add blueberries and raspberries, a tablespoon of almond butter, some flaxseed meal, and some uh, pecans that I put in the toaster oven, toast up and put on top, and then mix it all up. Tastes great. Uh, hmm? That's next it is level. Next. Oh, it's, it's next level. I told you, PhD in oatmeal, right? <laughs> so I love it, and it doesn't really spike my glucose at all. But I found that if I don't have a good night's sleep the night before, it'll spike me. And I know if I'm stressed, it will spike me. I can actually now anticipate based on my sleep patterns and how I'm feeling that particular day, whether or not I should just avoid that oatmeal completely and maybe go savory and do an egg substitute, that avocado that you mentioned. I can do that now. And that's only possible when you're able to look at your glucose levels and start to make the connection between the food that you eat and how it affects you and how you're digesting it and what happens to your blood sugar. Hmm. I mean, that makes sense to me now. I have to say it would not have made sense to me earlier. Right. I mean, it's it, there are a lot of factors. Here's the thing is that the human body is very complex and that's another reason why these one-size-fit-all diets don't work. It's because you, know, you have to factor in all these different things. When you can actually see, I eat this, I eat X, and Y is the, um, what I see as a result of eating that in terms of my, my glucose levels, then I can start to make adjustments that are specific to me. And they're specific to me primarily because of our microbiome, we believe. This is based on some some research, that article, that seminal study that was in Cell in 2015 had shown that um, due to differences in microbiome, we can have completely different responses. And the only way to know is to either do a um, uh, an assay of, of your microbiome in a shotgun form, but that really doesn't really work very well because the, you mean as all shit my poop somewhere, basically. Well, I, I wasn't going to say that, but that, yes, yes. That is, I mean, I say an assay of my micro. That is what we're talking about. Just to be, see, clear, I was trying to, I was trying to use nice terms, but that's I want to use terms that people will understand. <laughs> this is why your episode is so popular, is because you you bring it to the people. I mean, you get it real. You make it real. Or poop in a box. And that's what we that's what we love about you. So yes, absolutely, that's what you do. It's not the greatest because it gives you a little snapshot, and I don't think that the science is is there enough to tell you exactly what foods that you should eat based on that. The reason I bring it up though is that that is probably one of the big differences that in genetics that define how we respond to specific foods. So if you believe that we all respond differently, then you need to take an approach which factors in you as a person and how you're different and what foods work for you and what doesn't. So for me, oatmeal done just the right way. For Hannah, eggs, avocados, no, um, no oatmeal. Regardless of the grind, cheese completely yep, out and cheese. And cheese. And cheese. Yes. So, what's your typical breakfast? Are you doing eggs and maybe uh, like an omelet with the cheese and some avocado on top? On top, very California kind of dish. What are you usually doing? Um, I mean, that depends a little bit on one how recently I've been grocery shopping. 
let's be real. Not everybody goes every day. Uh, and two, how much time I have, you know, one of the unexpected, um, outcomes of being homebound during COVID was that a lot of us had opportunities to actually make breakfast, which is pretty, um, you know, unusual and, uh, lucky to be able to have that time and, and to be able to have access to a full kitchen. So, um, I was more able to make eggs, you know, than, than previously, usually I'd be running off to the office or juggling dog walks and, you know, the morning is chaotic. So it's hard to actually do a a proper breakfast, but, um, depending on the day, it is some combination of cheese and almond crackers, uh, avocado toast, eggs, or, uh, non-grain granola. If I am hitting the road. Yeah, and that's I, I would imagine that's what a lot of people do. Um morning can mornings can be tough. Uh and especially as we transition out of COVID, hopefully in a near in the near future, uh, and we have to go back to an office, things can get hectic in the morning and sometimes it's just grab and go. So finding those things like you have, looking at your glucose, you could definitely find ways to grab some things like that warrior granola mix and and take it on the road before you you get to the office. There's one other thing I want to mention about everyone is different, and that is our response to exercise and our glucose levels. So the other thing that's really cool, when you start monitoring uh, what's happening with your blood sugar is you can exercise to mitigate a spike. But if I were just tell you, you need to exercise after you eat, you're not going to know what time to exercise. You're not going to know for how long. You're not going to know what intensity you should exercise. Looking at your glucose levels after you've eaten something and then seeing how your body reacts and seeing that um, that glucose level in almost near, near real time, you can start to um, get a sense of what exactly you need to do to mitigate a spike. So if I want to go all out and have that oatmeal, maybe even put a little maple syrup on it, throw a banana in there, which spikes me too. I know that I can just get on my treadmill for 20 minutes and mitigate that spike. And I think you've played around with this as well, right? To see how exercise affects your your glucose after you've eaten, right? Yeah. I kind of think about Cygnos a little bit as a choose your own adventure tool, um, you know, different, different way to kind of look at what I'm doing and, and eating. So I can not change my eating habits and I can work out at very specific times at very specific intensities that Cygnos helps me determine and mitigate spikes when they happen. So I can eat ice cream or chocolate or a cookie, but the intensity of the workout that I'm going to need to do is going to be pretty dependent on that. And can I just say, it's hard for me to work out out of a banana spike, for example. Um, so, you know, I've had uh, a couple times when, uh, you know, I've, I've done my 15 minute walk, the glucose went down and then it started going back up again. And I was like, no, 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 no. So I, uh, then I would proceed to squats, which is my next level up. And then if that fails, then I'm doing jump squats, Bill. So, um, you know, you never want to do a jump squat on a full stomach, but if that is what it takes, I am down or I am up and down actually in this case. So, you I know, think I've actually seen some of the Signos team doing jump squats on Zoom meetings. On meetings, yeah. I mean, yes. after lunch is like a popular meeting time. So we got to go. <laughs> yeah. When you got to go, you got to go. 
it's quite comical to just see these little figures jumping up and down on the little zoom panels. Uh, but we know exactly what they're doing. So it's, it's socially acceptable on our team. I mean, I wish everybody got the ability to move their bodies a bit when they needed to, um, and had the, had the, the insight to be able to know when that moment was. So, um, yeah, you know, it's interesting after dinner last night, my partner was like, Hey, I want to sit down, um, but I'll go walking with you in 30 minutes. And I was like, no, that is way too long. Uh, my alert has gone off. I need to go right now. So myself and our two miscreant dogs, um, you know, hit the trails uh, for about 30 minutes. And after eating Chinese food, which has got unexpected sugars hidden away, I managed to bring a glucose spike down and cut it by half of what it was when I ate Chinese food last time and did not work out. So, you know, the, the other element I think of, of using Cygnos is that choose your own adventure. So for example, if I know that Chinese food is going to spike me after having it once, I can sort of estimate that it will likely happen again. You know, there's some variability day to day, but I can plan to be ready to go for that walk, um, and know what's coming. And we have sort of the ability to predict how spiky a meal will make me if I log all the food elements. So, you know, you can determine how energetic you're feeling or if you want to adjust your meal based on, on what our app says, which is that, that magic of choose your own adventure. You know, you have control over how to adjust your, your glucose stability fate. Um, the final choice is yours. So you, you said two really important things I just want to expand on. First, you, you had mentioned when, which is so important and it's not, just a when that's individual to me or to you it's a when that's individual to myself and you and and what it is you ate exactly we noticed this on the orange juice challenge when we all drank a glass of orange juice and then exercised to mitigate a spike that that spike happened really really quickly if i ate something highly processed like that hundred calorie oatmeal that's really ground up really, really fine. I know now from experience, looking at my glucose levels, that's going to spike me really quickly too. So it's not just knowing that when I eat something, I probably need to start working out in 20 minutes. It's what I've eaten and then when I need to start to work out. And other- forget if you slept well, if you um, are having a stressful conversation, or sometimes in my case, maybe you had an argument with your partner or your mother or your volleyball partner, God only knows, um, you know, life, uh, life during, during COVID lockdowns can be challenging. And there are many stressful conversations you're going to have throughout the day and man, can they affect my glucose? It's so true. The other thing that you mentioned though, that I want to expand on is you mentioned control. And I don't know if this is true for you, but when I've been on diets, I have felt like I had no control over what was going on. I had these recommendations that were pretty severe. Let's take like a keto diet where I had to eliminate almost all the carbs that I eat. And I had no sense whether or not this was working. I know I didn't really feel that great. I needed energy, but I contrast that with using glucose as a way to lose weight and suddenly I feel empowered. When I look at that graph and I get on the treadmill and see I can completely flatten a spike that should be there, I feel like, hey, I've actually got some control over what's going on here. So it's choose your own journey, but also realize that that you have the ability to make that choice. That choice is yours, and you can actually see the benefit of that choice 
again, in near real time, which I don't know of any other diet that provides you that feeling of control. So it's funny because you say control. I think of it as having the ultimate flexibility. Like when I've done, um, you know, essentially it was called green light in here, but, um, you know, I was doing a 1200 calorie diet and I'm recording everything I'm eating and I'm using food scales. Like your box is very defined and you are not eating outside of that box and you can just stay in that box. And that's totally cool. The only thing is, you know, you lose, you do lose the weight. That's for sure. I lost 14 pounds, but, uh, then they're like, okay, now we go to maintenance mode. And it was like maintenance mode. So I'm going to start eating other things that are beyond my 1200 calorie box. Like, Oh God. And then, you know, it's like the wild West. And as you're trying things and you're trying to track the calories, like, and you're trying to start incorporating, uh, meals outside your home, it just gets more and more complicated. And so with no good way to check yourself or to track how your body's actually responding to things, it's very easy for all that weight to just come crashing back, um, which it, it certainly did for me and does for a lot of people. And so what I like about this is like, it's, it's taking the scalpel instead of the hatchet. It's not saying here's your defined box that you must stay in. Like you can control how big that box is, but it's a box. It's saying, Hey, there's no box, but you get to, um, see what's happening and make adjustments. And so that level of, of trial and error, you know, I probably haven't lost as much weight as I could have on Cygnos because I am just curious. And so I like to uh, snack on, on things and see what they will do to my glucose. So, you know, and I tried old snacks that I hadn't eaten in a long time and I tried new snacks. So like seaweed doesn't spike me or dried mango, which is a favorite snack of mine. Oh God. That's pure sugar. It's pure sugar. It's amazing. I love dried mango. So, um, you know, I eat it very sparingly and, um, sometimes I will just, uh, give it to my partner who has a metabolism that is way faster than mine. Um, and he works out at least three times as much as I do. So, uh, he can, he can eat the dried mango that uh, as much as he wants and, uh, it doesn't stick on him. But for me, you know, it's like, all right, I tried it. I tried it one day. I tried it a second day. I tried it a third day. Same result. All spikes. Total fail. Going to move it off my list of foods that I can like eat safely and not spike. So it's not going to be my mid-afternoon snack. Cheese and an almond cracker. Great afternoon snack. Um, or like cucumbers, which I had completely forgotten about until now. You know, like there's been some some just adjustments in what I've been buying at like Trader Joe's or. Um, my other local grocery stores in, in terms of what I can eat in, in the afternoon or what a small snack should look like. So nuts work great. Um, and my diet has shifted quite a bit. Um, but overall, it's been like a really fun game in some ways and just sort of bringing a level of awareness to if I'm going to snack, I really don't want to get that fast rise alert. So, you know, I can eat one square of chocolate or two squares of chocolate, but three squares of chocolate, I'm going to have to go take a walk. Right. And we've got some great content on chocolate, by the way. But you said something that I, we may disagree on this a little bit, but you, you said something that I, it, it kind of sparked something in me. And that's that for me, I have to tell you, weight loss has become fun. 
it's become fun. It almost, it feels like when I was a kid and I got that chemistry set as a, as a birthday gift. And I was, had all these experiments that I could do. And what I've been able to do on Cygnos is I've got this platform that I can do these experiments. And you just mentioned a bunch that you're doing with snacks amongst our team. We do a lot of different experiments. We're in the middle of one right now that we'll do a podcast on in the future, which is how does the time of day affect your glucose for the exact same food? And just a little spoiler alert, it actually does affect uh, your your glucose level when you eat the same food earlier in the day versus later. So there are some great learnings, but it's fun to do these experiments. We've even heard from Cygnos members that are telling us about some of the things that they've tried using Cygnos to discover what I was talking about earlier, which is everyone's different, finding out what works for them, what doesn't. And... I really believe that fueling that curiosity that we have as to how we can get healthier, how we can get fitter, how we can lose weight, if we can make that fun and we can give you ways to answer why questions, why does this make me gain weight or why am I gaining weight when I'm eating this versus that? I think that is another huge differentiator from this idea of I've got to diet, I've got to do something really big and onerous to lose weight. No, you can make small changes. You can do little things over a long period of time. And what that's going to do, it's going to allow you to lose the weight. And it's not a diet. It's making these little changes that become lifestyle changes that allow you to keep this weight off for the rest of your life. And I think that's really powerful. It's, it's super powerful. I, I don't know. I don't know if I would say that it's fun all the time. You know, um, I am such a foodie. Come on, it's fun. It's fun. It's been such a um, part of of you know how I explore new places is by eating all the literally eating all the things, and so um, you know I think it is changing how I look at. Well, what does eat all the things mean? Does that mean um, I try different dishes, but maybe I don't have full servings when I'm doing that? Does it mean that I, um, you know, make my choices a little bit more selectively when I'm traveling? Absolutely. I think um, it's bringing a level of awareness and certainly mindfulness uh, that I was looking for and, and a, and a bunch of feedback. And it's giving me the opportunity to do experimentation, which I love. Um, and I love data and I love charts and I love, you know, graphs going up and graphs going down. So I think it's fun in that sense. Um, I still wish that there was some magic button that I could push that would just let me eat all the ice cream and not gain all the weight, you know, but if there's no magic button, then this is the next best option. And I think, you know, the more that I've played with it and the more that I've found my pockets of flexibility um, or figured out, you know, is it going to be jump squats if I eat a whole portion of ice cream? But is it only going to be like a 30 minute walk if I eat a half of the serving of ice cream? That's cool. I'm down. I can still eat my ice cream. Um, and you know, for me, that's really fulfilling. I think that's really more of what I'm looking for is, is satisfaction and feeling like my jeans aren't tight and, 
Um, I can wear all the tops that I want to wear and that I feel comfortable and that I don't get that overstuffed feeling after dinner that I'm conscious enough to stop eating when I'm full or a little before I'm full, actually, because I know that I'm going to have to do some sort of small walk. And when you're, you're overstuffed, you never want to do that. So, you know, it's, it's making those small changes and I, I feel better. Um, and to me that, that makes all the difference. Yeah. I, and what I heard you say there, and I'm going to quote you specifically, you said experiments are fun. <laughs> ABE bill always be experimenting. Well, actually you said, I, I like experimenting, but I equated that to experiments are fun. Experiments so are I, Yeah. Yeah. I think I got you to admit my point that it yeah. is actually fun. Yeah. And you mentioned being overstuffed. And I, I guess that's another advantage is, if I go back when I was trying to lose weight, trying to break through that that plateau and lose those 10 pounds, I guess I didn't really associate that overstuffed feeling with the exact food that I was eating. There is this level of accountability when you're looking at your glucose graph after you eat something, and then you start to associate that overstuffed feeling, which maybe I didn't really mind that much before, but now I actually do because... Yeah. I'm, it's like I'm connecting the dots. I ate that piece of cake. I feel way, uh, way overstuffed or I beyond being full. And as a result, I see what's happening to my glucose. And now I see that spike and I can uh, associate it with maybe the headache that I'm getting or that feeling of not feeling that well, not feeling as healthy as I've been feeling. And that actually causes me not to want to have the cake, which my wife would tell you that's like a huge change. I mean, I was like, if there's a cookie monster, I'm, I'm the cake monster. I, I would eat any cake put in front of me. No questions asked. It's just going to happen. And now I really start to think twice about it. And recently just pushing that cake away because I, I like feeling well. I, I like feeling nourished and I don't like feeling overstuffed. So I think that's a really key point. It's It's so interesting you say that because you know, for me, it's about uh, portions and how much volume of dinner I'm eating rather than like the desserts. Um, and just remembering, you know, that there will be a spike likely if I overeat, like it is a, a very clear correlation. Like, so that's um, been, been part of that mindfulness for me. But it's funny, you know, when my glucose spikes, because I ate a piece of cake, I don't feel bad at all. A lot of people on our team are like, oh, man, that glass of orange juice really just tanked my and I'm all no problem at all. Like bring on the sugar. I don't I don't have a physical response that I have identified to a an incredible sugar spike. Like it doesn't slow me down in the least. It doesn't speed me up. But it's certainly like and so it's just really um, interesting because I don't have those those stop gaps or those bad feelings to associate with the food that tastes so delicious. And so, you know, in the absence of that physical feedback, having that visual feedback of that red spike and that, that little text alert, that's like, Hey, you're spiking is, is the difference between, you know, getting to my healthy weight or getting to my, um, overall like wellness goals and not, and I don't have an internal calibration that's, that's tuned into this yet. Um, and maybe I never will. Um, 
But it's just so interesting because, you know, everybody on Cygnos does a, a glucose calibration test and it's drinking 50 grams of sugar. And yeah, I think it's 50. I, I spiked as much drinking 50 grams of sugar as I did eating one cup of white rice. I felt totally fine after both. My glucose was 210 milligrams per deciliter. It is off the charts and it comes back down really quickly. So I'm not diabetic. We can see that. But, um, you know, I don't feel bad at all. And it's bananas because, you know, bananas. Because Interesting you should say bananas. Yeah, it's, it's bananas. But, <laughs> That's a spiky uh, food for you. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, other people have this physical response and they can start to self-regulate. I don't know if that's in the cards for me, but so having, having something, you know, helping me keep that accountability is, is key. Absolutely. Well, Hannah, pleasure having you on the show again. Uh, so much fun hearing your insights and, and hearing just how we both are using the same tool, but have completely different experiences. So it really is uh, personalized and precision nutrition uh, and, I just wanted to thank you for the insights you gave us today. Always. I mean, anytime that we can combine uh, poop in a box, <laughs> um, oatmeal, finely ground, curated oatmeal, uh, and, you know, uh, getting a level of mindfulness. I'm, I'm down, Bill. Happy to come back anytime. Awesome. Thanks, Anna. Bye. Thank you for joining us today on Body Signals. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like, review, and subscribe to this podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Cygnos Health. And if you're interested in becoming a Cygnos member, go to Cygnos.com on the web to request early access. Until next time.